I say on the website, we'll never use the term anti-aging at the Noble Apothecary because I think aging is a gift. It's something yeah. that we should celebrate and, you know, getting a yeah. bit older and getting a few lines and wrinkles shouldn't be something that we're terrified about. That was Rachel Noble who runs the Noble Apothecary and Rachel is my final guest on season two of Create Shift. So this is the final episode of season two. Thank you so much for being here um, listening to the episodes and I really hope you have enjoyed them. I've really enjoyed chatting to all my guests this season and I think this interview with Rachel is a brilliant way to round off the season. Um, I'm not lying when I said that I got goosebumps several times in our conversation. Um, Rachel and I talk about uh, Rachel's journey to setting up her her skincare brand, The Noble Apothecary, um, and, and how kind of she went from being a beauty blogger with kind of loads of products and all that stuff that comes with being a beauty blogger um, chasing the the ideal skincare routine and realizing actually that the answer lay in simplicity and now she has a cleanser that she makes with only three ingredients and we chat through that but we also chat through so much more and we talk about so living minimalism um and just really how Rachel's skincare brand and and our um perhaps skincare routines or kind of the things that we put on our bodies and and everything and and what we consider when we're thinking about those things and creating simplicity and more kind of natural um routines and practices for that kind of thing is really part of a wider philosophy and and it's just sort of like a, a small part of a holistic life I guess so it's it's a really holistic conversation, actually, um, you know, holistic in that sense of being the whole, talking about the whole of something rather than just one tiny little part. And that's why I think it's um, such a good end to this season, I guess. And also Rachel's answer to the final question is truly magical. Honestly, I mean, even if you just skip to the end and listen to that, like you'll get you'll get a lot of benefit. But I do advise you to listen to the whole episode because it's brilliant. And so, yeah, I will leave you with with the final episode of season two of Create Shift. I will be back in the summer. We have the summer solstice on the 21st of June. So the summer season will be released that Friday. And I'm going for something a little bit different for that season, just playing around, seeing um, what works and, and what doesn't. So, yeah, I do hope you come back and tune in for that. And I hope you've got a little bit of time now to catch up on any episodes that you may have missed. And um, do let me know what you are thinking about the podcast, how you're enjoying it. Um, Any questions that you've got. I I really like to hear from you because, you know, this is a new venture for me. So it's really great to get your opinions and feedback and know what's working, what isn't. Um, So let me know. Find me on Instagram at being underscore change. And of course, if you are enjoying the show, please do feel free to leave a rating or review um, on Apple Podcasts or or wherever you can where you listen. It really, really does help um, for other people to find the podcast because the podcast becomes more visible the more ratings and reviews there are. So I would be really, really grateful if you could take the time to do that. Thank you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Create Shift, a podcast to support, encourage and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. I'm your host, Ellen of Being Change. I'm a yoga teacher, writer and purposeful and holistic living advocate based in Manchester, UK. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It's lovely to have you. Um, Do you want to get started by introducing yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me today. So I'm Rachel. I'm the creator of The Noble Apothecary, which is a natural, minimal, sustainable skincare brand. Lovely. Um, And uh, I was reading about, I don't know, you you wrote somewhere about the and maybe on Instagram, about how you chose the name for your business. And Noble's your last name, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> right. ap- Apothecary. I just, that's such a lovely word, isn't it? Apothecary. 
Yeah, I love it so much. And when um, I studied classics at university and I love all of those, um, I love that kind of old sense of creating things and mixing things. And obviously the apotheca was somebody who who used to just blend up lotions and potions and medicine. And that's kind of what I found myself doing about eight years ago when I started all of this. So it seemed quite fitting. And obviously I think Noble, I feel really lucky to have Noble mm. as a surname. <laughs> yeah. Got such a lovely definition, and there's such. I want integrity to be a core part of, of the brand, and and so it just it, it seems to all fit really beautifully together. If being a bit of a mouthful, <laughs> no, it's lovely. It is really great, um, and yeah, I just love that sense of the apothecary. It really conjures up like a person with a specific skill doing that with their little glass bottles and everything, and kind of a time where stuff was maybe more local and like you'd go and see the apothecary because you needed something um exactly exactly and that's that's how it's really evolved for me I started out creating these things for myself and then friends would start to talk to me about what I was doing and then they talked to me about their skin and their needs so I'd mixed up something slightly different for them and and so yeah that that is really how it evolves and it, it all just lives in a nice little spare room in mm. my house which it's kind of the apothecary now, which is nice. Do you have a little sign on the door that says the apothecary? I do, I do. And I was very lucky. My partner got me an apron at Christmas <gasps> with, with the logo on the front. So, yeah, I feel super professional now, just with my tiny spare bedroom converted into the into the apothecary. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, and so and you, you work full-time as well alongside this, right? Yeah. I do work full-time I work in strategy in the NHS um and so how is it balancing those two things I, I don't I don't really like the word balancing because sometimes no. we can't <laughs> but yeah, how, how is it working for you with it with those two things yeah I think I, I I'm like you I really struggle with the word word balance because I think it's such a, a difficult thing to aspire to I think the idea of having all the different elements of your life in perfect balance is is an impossible an impossible outcome really so mm. I don't I don't think I balance them especially well at all my job <laughs> is very is very my full-time job is very full-on and so what I tend to do is I squeeze in the apothecary wherever I can mm-hmm. we don't have a huge product range at the moment which mm. which is the one thing that I really want to focus on so I grab little moments here and there and technology is great I've got all of my apps on my phone so you know, if I get five minutes to make a coffee, then I sometimes check in and see mm-hmm. what's going on and sort orders out and things like that. But yeah, it's, I think it's probably one of the biggest limiting factors for people in full-time work, setting mm. up a business. And that's certainly the struggle that I had. So where do you find the time? Yeah. And I think, I mean, you say it's limiting and I guess, yeah, it is limiting. As You know, obviously it would be brilliant to have five days a week however many days a week you want to have your full-time focus on that but I guess we've also um we hear the story quite a lot of people sort of being successful really quickly and we don't often hear the story of it took me four years to build this kind of thing and so I guess if you think about the fact that it does and can take a really long time to build a business then I'm it makes it a little bit easier, I guess, if you have, um, if you are balancing it or <laughs> juggling it or I don't know what's the word, you are doing it with other things. Um, yeah, and do- I think I think that's a lovely way of looking at it because I'm I'm really into this this concept of slow living and mm. I don't do anything really in my life that that happens really quickly I like to cook from scratch and mm. I like to create my own products. So the idea, you're so right, the idea that a business just happens overnight would be really unrealistic and I, I kind of like that slow evolution I like to give little bits to it here and there and to not have this huge expectation that you know when I start when I really give a lot of focus to this it's going to be huge because I think with those expectations come some worries and some yeah. you know that, that endless feeling of comparison somebody yeah. else is doing than me so I think taking time can be a really a really nice thing to let your business grow with you I yeah. love that. Yeah. Do you know um, Brooke McCallery's work? No, I don't. Oh, you should look her up if you like slow living. She's like the queen of slow living to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's um, she's Australian. Um, she, she's got a couple of books and she has um, a podcast called The Slow Home Podcast. 
um and um you've got a book that's really great called slow um which i'll link to in the show notes for anyone else who's interested in those as well um but she talks about in in slow she talks about the concept of tilting rather than creating balance and i really like that like i kind of like to think of it like um you're stood on something like um you know those little spinny what what they're called spinning top things that you put on the table you know they've got a really narrow point and then they're really wide and they spin around so it's like if you were stood on one of those and you walked all the way to one side the whole thing Mm -hmm. would tilt over right and then if you you walk to the other side then you'd sort of start to shift that that thing a bit more on its axis and I, I kind of like to think of it like that like sometimes you tilt fully towards your full-time job or your family or whatever and sometimes you tilt fully towards your other business that you're building and then sometimes you're kind of stepping in between the two but there's never a point where you can be perfectly balanced in the middle I think we should yeah I think we should just scrap the term balance altogether and just go with tilting I love that that and that's exactly how it feels there are times when you go more from one to the other and and that's I think that's the only way to do it and that's that's a really empowering concept isn't it Mm. you tilt and Mm. you can come back and you're not meant to have everything in perfect balance I need to I need to look her up (laughs) yeah she's great um and I think I mean I guess where the idea of balance could come into that concept is if you think about the fact that you've got to be aware that you need a healthy balance of different things in your life so you've got to be aware that oh I've been tilting towards work for the whole of last month maybe now I need to step back and tilt more towards taking a little bit more time out or something. Do you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and do you find you have to be quite aware of that kind of, you know, do you find that sometimes you can get stuck in working as many hours in a day on, on the Noble Apothecary as you can and then suddenly you're burnt out or? I think because my um, my other professional life is in strategy, I, I have a a constant focus on the big picture so Mm. where am I going what am I doing how do I get there and I'm also I'm also one of those people that I've always been very into self-care and looking after myself because I physically feel burnt out quite quickly so Mm -hmm. the more time I spend doing all of the things that I feel I have to do the more quickly my body will say you need to stop and Mm. you need to assess you need to understand how these activities are getting you towards the big picture. So I tend to I tend to revisit that fairly often. Where am I going? Why am I going there? And are these the things that that will get me to that place? And what do I need to do on the way to look after myself? Mm, that's really good. Um, yeah, yeah, strategy can be quite full on, um, but it can be quite helpful to have that as a a counterpoint really to what I do in in my more creative professional life gives me Mm. that structure um that discipline really to to organize things in the right way yeah yeah that's really good it's really handy (laughs) um so let's go back to um right near the start you were talking about your products and and you've got sort of the one core product at the moment haven't you um which is a purity cleanser yeah um and I think that's, I mean, I think that's really smart, actually, to launch with just the one product. So I think that's a really good sort of conscious decision. Um, so do you have plans now? You said you were saying that, that the product line is kind of what you're most focused on at the moment. So do you have plans of increasing that and what that might look like? So, yeah, we've got, um, I've got several products in development at the moment. And they're things that I've been using on myself mm. and friends using them for the past two years, really. So they're very, very close to... Um, to making it onto the market really which is very exciting but as you say it was a conscious decision really to to start out small and I'm really indebted to my partner who's got his own business and I think it's I, I don't know whether you found this when you were starting out with your with your business I felt like you had to come out with or that I had to come out with a whole product line and mm. that it wouldn't it wouldn't be a credible thing if I didn't do 10 different products at the outset mm-hmm. and as we were just talking about, that's the point at which you find yourself so thinly spread because your expectation of yourself is that you've got to generate so many different things and spend huge amounts of money on all the approvals and all the designs and all of those yeah. things that need to, to get these these things off the ground. So the intention is very much to do that, but in that slow way that we were talking about. So yeah. we start with cleanser because that's 
for me, the foundation of good skincare. You want mm. nice, nourished skin. And then we're going to build on that. So there will be a moisturizer, there'll be a night oil, there'll be toner, and there'll be some masks at some point. But it's it's gradual and slow. And when I'm 100% happy with the product, that's the most important thing. Mm. And I actually... Um... Yeah, I like how you're starting with the cleanser because that's the foundation for that nourished skin and everything. And then you're just adding on top and it's a very um, uh, gentle and, you know, kind of like a minimal approach. And um, I was just reading earlier um, your story, your your blog about how you got into this and, and how you got into doing the Noble Apothecary. And I feel like there's a lot of connections there that I'd like to tease out sort of... Um, because I know you talk about having done the Marie Kondo method and everything. So let me let me let you share your story instead of me rehashing it. So do you want to just share a little bit about how you got into this? this yeah, this? yeah. So I'll, I'll try. I'll try and keep it keep it brief. It's one yeah. of those things. Whenever I whenever I describe it, I think, gosh, there are a million reasons why I started yeah. this business. But the big one is that I I used to write a beauty blog. So I lived in London for ten years and in another quite stressful job. And my escape every night was that I came home and I read some of the the very first beauty blogs because I was I was lucky enough to be around when beauty blogging was becoming a, a thing, mm-hmm. really. And I used to read them every night as my escape. And I thought, gosh, I love writing and I love beauty and I love makeup. Maybe I could do this. So I set up my own blog and I started writing. And very quickly, I was contacted by some PR companies And basically, my dream came true because every day I would get packages in the post from all of these brands that I'd probably spent hundreds, if not thousands of pounds with over Mm -hmm. the course of 10 or 15 years. And all of a sudden, they were landing on my doorstep. And what happened then is that I was really conscious about wanting the blog to be as transparent as possible and to, to give people really high quality and honest reviews. So what I did through that is I started to research all of the ingredients. Mm. And it was only when I did that that I started to think, why do moisturizers have things called feel enhancers in them mm-hmm. that make them feel different to what they should feel like? Why do they have fragrance? Is that to mask the smell of these products? Why do they have lots of chemicals in that? I don't really understand why they're here. So that really got me scratching my head and I thought, mm, I wonder if there's a better way. So I started to look into more natural ingredients because my philosophy in terms of how I eat is very much that I like whole foods, mm-hmm. don't want to process things. So that started to follow on to my skincare and I thought, well, are there ways of applying that to, to skincare and, and, and natural beauty really? So I bought lots of ingredients and started experimenting because I was quite creative when I was a kid, not artistic at all, but I like to make things, mm-hmm. I like to get my hands so it was a great escape to do things like that at the weekend to just whip up a moisturizer or a a new oil blend so that was really exciting and then the other output of all of that was that receiving all these products meant that I had to keep them somewhere and I had a two-bedroom flat in London and my second bedroom was just full of stuff Mm -hmm. it was full of makeup and products and things that maybe I'd used used once and didn't ever want to use again and my friends would come over periodically and take things but I just had this massive supply Mm. and it really started to get me down I just felt overwhelmed by stuff so the final point of this story is that I went to my friend Alison's house and as soon as I walked in there was just a feel about it. it felt so different and she opened her cupboard and there in her cupboard were her tea towels just standing up and I said like what what is this what have you done and she told me all about Marie Kondo's book and she gave me her copy and that really set me on this course of just minimizing all of my stuff and getting rid of all of the crap really that weighed me down and that's really the output from a, a, a skincare perspective that that created the noble apothecary the aesthetic is very simple it's very minimal the cleanser contains just three ingredients because that's all it needs to contain. It doesn't need to be preserved because the oils have got a natural long shelf life and they just work. So that's really, that's, it was a, it was a really life-changing experience. This, um, this point that I reached where I thought, actually I've ha- I've got here the thing that I wanted. I've got all of this 
all of these beauty goodies and I don't want them. I want to get rid of them. I want to live in a different way. So that is my quite convoluted story to how I got to setting up my skincare company. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I love how in the blog post, uh, which I will link to in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and read that kind of story in full, um, you talk about how you were sort of buying all these skincare products and stuff because you were on the hunt for your perfect skincare routine. Um, and then I love how actually by stripping everything back, you found mm. your perfect skincare routine, which was really, really simple. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's just some little magic in that that I like, uh, that's just to do with the whole kind of um, Marie Kondo, Marie thing in general and I know there's loads of stuff around about that at the moment ever since she had that Netflix show and everything but um yeah I mean I I I had a similar experience with that um and I I did it um and it's kind of what sort of was the catalyst for me making so many changes in my life that led have led to where I am now um and it there is just something magic about getting rid of all that excess stuff that you have been buying to find something only to realize that by getting rid of that stuff do you find the thing that you need um so I love that that's kind of there in in your brand as well um and yeah go on no I was just going to say I got goosebumps when you said that because it is it's the number of people that I've had that conversation with or or I've recommended the book to and then they've I think there's a real, there is a real magic in it. It seems to unlock your creativity. And by, I think we all respond to simplicity, I suppose, is, is mm. of it all for me. I just think as soon as, as soon as things become simple, we can start to see purpose and we can start to see what's there for us and what we want. And yeah, yeah I, I'm so glad you've had that experience as well. Yeah. And I think lots of people have, and I know some people it's not going to work because you have to be in the right place to be able to to deal with it, I think, because there's a reason why we buy so much stuff and, and it could be to cover up stuff that we don't, we're not ready to deal with yet within ourselves, you know? Um, so um, I have a, a funny story in my family about that because I read the book and I was just evangelical about it. And I came back from London and said to my parents, you've got to do this. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to clear all of your things out. And not that they have a huge amount of stuff in their mm. homes, very, very clear. But they had a, a skip delivered because there's a shed in the back garden and there was some stuff in there that probably wasn't used. And the guy who dropped off the skip spoke to my dad and he said, what are you having done? Are you having a new kitchen or a new bathroom? And my dad's brilliant response was, our daughter has read a book and now we have to throw away all of our things. And he said, the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> You're so right. You have to be in the right mindset. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, and so when I, I think sort of with the, the makeup and the beauty stuff as well, um, you know, for women, there's so much that comes with that, um, you know, why we're buying it, because we're told that we're not beautiful enough. We're told that we need these things. We're told that uh, our skin is going to get ugly and age really badly and, and all of this stuff. We're told that we need these things and, and that we're not going to be happy unless we have more and more and more of these things um and yeah I think um what was I gonna say oh yes so after I I'd done sort of my my Marie Kondo thing and everything I I started a a happiness project I don't know if you know yeah yeah Gretchen Rubin yeah so um yeah so I started my own um happiness project and I'll link to details about what that is in the show notes in case people are like what are you talking about um but yeah essentially it's 12 months and different themes every month to focus on and different resolutions to improve your happiness. And um, for one of the themes, I I read this book that was called, I think it's called uh, L'Art de la Simplicité. And that was a really terrible French accent. I'm learning French as well, but anyway. Uh, L'Art de la Simplicité. Oh God. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And I'm sorry to any French people who are listening. Um, Anyway, in that, there was a whole section about makeup and beauty and everything. And I remember reading that and it was sort of going back to um, uh, real simple things. You know, it was talking about using natural ingredients on your face um, and and stuff like, you know, like rose water and different oils and all of these things. And it sounded so, so lovely. And it sounded so different to the routine that I had. Um, It wasn't even really a routine, you know, it was 
it was just putting these things on my face because I thought I had to and these things that were full of chemicals that I hadn't even thought about and I think it was around this time that I started um sort of thinking more about that fact of why would I put things on my skin that I wouldn't want to eat you know I was doing my yoga teacher training and learning that the skin is the biggest organ in the body which you know you know but you don't know until you think about it that it absorbs things so why on earth would you put stuff on it that you wouldn't put in your mouth (laughs) really um but yeah I just remember reading this book and, and it seeming like oh actually this this skincare stuff can be more of a ritual more of like a a real kind of nourishing thing you used that word earlier and I think I, yeah. I think often it's not sometimes it is yeah. maybe if people buy they've got certain products that they love but I think often it's not yeah I think I think you're exactly right about that and the, the things you touched on especially the the messages around aging and around the kinds of skincare routine that that we need to have there's been this huge trend in the beauty community over the past two years about the Korean skincare routine which is a 10-step skincare routine and I'm sure that there are products within there that are are really fantastic and if you're if you have a 10-step skincare routine and it makes you feel good as you say that's great Mm. the thing I always worry about through this is that it's setting an impossible standard because Mm. I I don't think I want to spend all that money on 10 different things when I think there are a few things that work really really well and I definitely don't want to spend that money if if I'm trying to alleviate my own fears about not looking young enough, mm. which I think is a terrible message that, that exists in, yeah. in the skincare community. You know, I, I say on the website, we'll never use the term anti-aging at the Noble Apothecary because I think aging is a gift. It's yeah. something that we should celebrate and, you know, getting a yeah. bit older and getting a few lines and wrinkles shouldn't be something that we're terrified about. So the more you can, and I I think that's what I want to get to. The ritual should be about genuine self-care. It Mm. shouldn't be about the pursuit of, you know, it's not, it's not wrong to to want to look your best, but I want us to set our own standards about what that means. And and I think if you moisturize your skin with beautiful ingredients, then you will have beautiful glowing skin. Yes. You don't need to be line free. You don't need to have that glow that, you know, that we all used to hate when we were 15 and 16, but then look back on photos and think, I look great when I was that age. Yeah. My skin was all, you know, fresh and vital and young. That's a period of your life. And, and I think what the message that I really want to give is that you can have that at any age. And that's, as you say, that's about simple things and, and using things that just work in harmony with your body rather than against it. Now I've got goosebumps. That was great. Oh. <laughs> it's just I think it's just such an important topic though. It We're is. It is constantly marketed to and, and and that's where that's where the growth of my business will probably be a very slow thing because it's not really about how you look. It's about how you want your life to be. That's mm. that's most important. I want and I should say this, but I, as soon as I got into natural skincare, I probably bought about 20 or 30 different plant oils. And that's, that's great now that I have a business because it means that I've chosen the best things to sell Mm -hmm. to my customers. But what I did is I bought all of these things and I started using them all. Mm -hmm. And I really, I'd done with natural skincare, what I did with commercial synthetic skincare. I just had this massive, overwhelming (laughs) amount of things. And, and so again, it's all about pairing it back and having the simplest options possible. And that's why we will just make one cleanser. We're not going to make them for oily skin or dry skin or combination skin because this one just works for Mm -hmm. your skin, Mm -hmm. whatever your skin type. So that's, that's the basis of all of this. So tell me about the ingredients in your cleanser. Okay. So there are, as I said before, there are just three ingredients and they're all plant oils. The first one is called Abyssinian oil and Abyssinian oil is, um, is from a brassica basically. So like Mm. broccoli, cabbage and cauliflower. And, um, it's a very, very light oil. It's one of the only plant oils that you can spray and it's a great it's really light and nourishing. So it's the kind of thing that you could spray onto your hair if your hair's a little bit dry. Mm. But the only oil that I've ever found that just absorbs really quickly into the skin, but doesn't leave it heavy, it doesn't leave a residue. So that's the main ingredient in purity because it's so light. Because the first thing that I noticed when I bought plant oils is that so many of them just sit on your skin mm. and it can 
put makeup on top of them because you've just got a bit of a greasy, shiny face. And I didn't want that. So Abyssinian is so, so light and so nourishing. And one thing to say about all of the oils is that they are, and I always trip over this pronunciation, but they're non-comedogenic, which means that none of them block your pores. So Mm. they actually get into your skin. And I used to have quite a lot of blackheads and they've mostly all cleared out, which is a a great, Mm. a great little so that's, that's the main one. The next one is probably my favorite oil of all time, maybe my second or my joint <laughs> favorite, and that's black seed oil. And black seed oil is it's such a miraculous thing. I actually wrote a blog post about mm. it this morning. And black seed oil is known in ancient texts as a cure for everything except death. <laughs> and yeah, to put that to the test, but I love that description of it. And it was... Um, it was found in Tutankhamun's tomb. It's referred to in the Old Testament as a medicine. It's referred to in the Quran. It's, it's been used as a medicine for such a long time. And it's got a really potent, heady smell. It's black cumin, essentially. So it's, um, mm. it's used a lot in, in Indian cooking. But it's, um, I actually had chicken pox this time last year. And I was got this horrendous breakout all over my body. And didn't know what to do, was just confined to the house and thought, how am I going to treat my skin? So I was really concerned that I would be covered in scars afterwards. And I thought, well, I've got my trusty old black seed mm-hmm. in the cupboard and it's a cure for everything except death. And <laughs> if anyone's had adult chicken pox, they know it's almost like having some kind of medieval disease. Um, it's very scary. So I just covered myself head to toe in this oil. And that was about six or seven days in. And as soon as I did that, all of the inflammation in my skin went away. And I'm lucky not to have suffered from acne ever, but what I had at that time looked very much like acne. And I Mm. covered myself in this oil. And within a day or two, all of the inflammation went away. The infection in these spots went away. And after probably having about 600 spots on my body, and, you know, if you're stuck in the house for two weeks alone, then find yourself counting them so I think it's your assessment and I've got three scars wow. left over my so I credit black seed oil with that entirely I think it's a miracle I've it's, never heard uh, of it before it's absolutely amazing it's anti-inflammatory antibacterial there are so many research studies about black seed oil mm. and it's been investigated as a, a supportive treatment for radiotherapy and chemotherapy to help patients tolerate those treatments and it's just it's a miracle oh i so, love holistic stuff it's the yeah, best me too, <laughs> me too. And, and i think and before we go into the next ingredient there is just when you look back through history, before we had, and this is not a, a knock to Western medicine no. at all, we had all of these different compounds and different treatments. People looked to the earth mm-hmm. to get their medicine and to look after themselves. And I think that's where we have a really nice opportunity in natural skincare to just look at what's out there and look at what people used to use and try these things and, and get some of those therapeutic benefits. Yeah. And I think, I think black seed's great for evening skin tone. It's, it seems to do a great job at clearing out your pores. It seems to be great for acne. And I've got lots of friends and some customers as well, who've got either eczema, rosacea, psoriasis, and they're all talking about the fact that it's gone and it's under control when they use purity and I think that's all down to the black seed oil personally because as we know it's the cure for everything except death exactly yeah yeah um, I study a lot of um of of books about Ayurveda and and Ayurvedic theory the ancient Indian um science Mm -hmm. of of, of health and well-being and and I'm studying a course on it and stuff and um like it's the same thing like you said it's it's the stuff that's always been there and, and people turning to the earth and and there's a lot of seasonal living in in ayurveda and 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 it sort of encompasses everything so there's movement and what we eat and what we put on our skin and all these different things um but i think you're right yeah we um it's it's not to um sort of put down 
Western medicine and science because there have been amazing advancements and things, you know, that, which are all brilliant. I think it's about now because it's, it's, it's kind of like we've turned our backs on the past when actually we need both. The, exactly. Yeah. And I think, and that's, that's what I love about what you do, it's about looking at things holistically and, mm. and that doesn't just mean looking in one direction, it means looking at, at everything that's yeah. available to and using the best of that. But I've just done a quick Google. So you might know in Ayurveda, black seed is called Kalonji. Oh, right. Okay. So have a look for it because it will be in your text somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. To balance both Vata and Kapha and increase Pitta. Right, okay. So, yeah, so it's have a look for it and then let me know what you find. But it is, it is just a miracle. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to chat to you separately about that because um, I've just Excellent. had some thoughts, but they're, they're not for the podcast. We don't want to go on a tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's for another day. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, tell me about the third ingredient then. So the third ingredient is jojoba, which okay. is um, pretty ubiquitous in, in natural skincare. And that's because it's it's very, very similar to our skin's sebum. So it's it's very similar to what we produce naturally. And I've got one friend who um, who suffered really terrible adult acne, and she exclusively used jojoba on her skin. And I think there's a real, I think that's the one thing I want to say as well. There's a real reticence that if you have oily skin or acne, yeah. you shouldn't put oil onto mm. it. And Janine, my friend, had just the most wonderful experience with jojoba. And this was actually before we knew each other. So she now uses purity and um but she got her skin under control basically just by by using jojoba exclusively. And I think there's such a, a wonderful underpinning message in that, that as we talked about balance before, giving your skin what it needs and what it produces naturally is the thing that, that can often help to get it into balance. And, and that's why jojoba is in there as well. It's a beautiful golden color and it's actually not an oil, I should say. It's a, it's a wax. Hmm just has the, yeah it's a liquid wax and it just has this beautiful nourishing balancing um quality really it just it just does great things for your skin and the supplier that I buy from they just call it a skin god and I think mm. that's that's the only thing to say about jojoba it's really really wonderful it's just so nourishing and gentle to use and because it's a little bit richer than the other two ingredients it's it's in there in a smaller amount but the three of them together just work so perfectly and and that was the benefit of me having those 25 30 plant oils and just combining them all in various different ways and and finding this blend that mm. the three ingredients just seem to to support each other and work in harmony and and it enhances each of their natural qualities so yeah that's that's what's in there Mm, lovely oh, it's just like it really is like a magic elixir isn't it and like brewed up in your apothecary mm, that's great. <laughs> um do you use makeup I do use makeup yes what what where are you with the makeup where do you get it from or like what talk to me about it because I I'm having a hard time finding makeup that I feel okay using because of ingredients and things yeah, so that's that's a journey that I'm on as well, because I think um, not only are there some strange ingredients out there, there's also there's also so much around the way that makeup is sold, the mm. way that it's made, the testing that's required for yeah. certain to sell in certain countries. Though mm. that's changing at the moment, mm. so the regulations starting to shift around the requirement for animal testing. The thing that was most important to me, and I'll just I'll just say this before I say what I use, mm. is that I I absolutely you know I use Instagram for the business, but Instagram terrified me because I see so many young women just plastered in makeup and plastered in foundation. And the thing that I always wanted, and when when you said about me writing my blog, I was in pursuit of the perfect skincare, and actually, or the perfect makeup as well, and the perfect face I think is is good skin good healthy mm. skin mm-hmm. so using the right kind of skincare for me has enabled me to use a lot less makeup mm. than used to um one thing that I am experimenting with is my own line of makeup and mm-hmm. trying to out how I might be able to do that um 
And I think as well, one thing that I think is so important to say, I'm still on that journey as well. And there's a real difficult balance, isn't there, between having used things in the past and not wanting to throw them away because I don't want to just be reckless and yeah. chuck out that are still perfectly serviceable. Um, but also the desire to, to be green and be ethical. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm with you on that, that difficult makeup yeah. journey. At the moment, I mean, I've still got some things from some of the big commercial brands, yeah. you know, whose ethics I'm probably not that aligned with, but I got them as gifts and I didn't just want to throw them out and they work pretty well. But there are some, if I can remember the name of it, there's a company that makes these really great cheek and lipsticks and they're all natural and everything is really beautiful and they're winning lots and lots of awards at the moment. Yeah, right. So while I Google that, what are you using at the moment? So I I really pretty much stopped wearing much makeup at all when I um started doing all of this all of this stuff. Um and I think a lot of it was like when I did the Marie Kondo thing, I had a lot of old makeup sitting around that really shouldn't have still been sitting around, like probably yeah. wasn't okay for me still to be using. So I was like, right, <laughs> that's gonna go. So then I kept like a minimum and then eventually sort of that got too old and stuff. And now I have I have had anything um so I I have a mascara, but I don't use it that much, mainly because I just can't be bothered to take it off at the end of the day. <laughs> and I wear glasses, so I'm, I'm like, I don't know if people can even tell if I'm wearing mascara, but I do wear it sometimes. Like, I'm going to a wedding tomorrow, and I'll probably wear mascara. Um, I I've, I experimented with making some stuff, so I, I actually make my own blusher, um, wow. which which works, works really well, I think. Um um and it, that's a recipe from uh, a book called the art of the natural home by rebecca sullivan i think her name is um, and i'll link to that in the show notes as well which is a beautiful book um it's got like homemade cleaning products and all sorts of things in it um but that blush is made of arrowroot powder beetroot powder and then um as much or as little or non whatever um cacao or cocoa powder so I use that and I, I, I love that I could just eat it and it would be fine. Um, and I've realised recently that if I mix it with water, it just, it makes a cheek and lip stain. Um, wow. Mm, so that's good. I've experimented with making my own tinted moisturiser. Um, mm. I've not quite got there with that yet, but um, yeah. And I've got, a, I've got a little bit of eyeshadow, but I really don't have much at all anymore. And I've never yeah. worn loads, but I used to wear more. Yeah, it's something... I have a, a funny relationship with makeup. My mum is a, has always been a bit of a makeup junkie and she's um, she's got this fantastic little makeup organiser that just is so glittery. and <laughs> Yeah. She's got loads of gold products and it just looks so beautiful mm. and luxurious and that's, you know, that's her style and she really loves that and I love to see what she's got in there. I think for me, the one product that I will always, or two products actually that I always rely on it's blusher and concealer so I use RMS concealer which is fairly ethical and fairly well made which is really good um but yeah makeup is such a journey and I think like everything it's got to make you feel good Mm. Uh, and I'm quite pale and naturally I don't have very dark eyelashes or dark eyebrows (laughs) so I feel a bit like a seal sometimes (laughs) I leave the house without any makeup so there's always a little bit that goes on um but yeah like you when I did the the Marie Kondo work I I threw out so much makeup and that was just compounded by the fact that I had the blog as well and I counted 75 eyeshadows so some of those were in palettes but they were all neutral shades (laughs) and you know they were really just variations of the same thing the same blusher and I realized and so one thing that's really important for me now is that I just have one of everything. Yeah. So I have yeah. a mascara, a blusher and a, a lip thing. And it's, mm. I realized what it's called. It's called um, Olio e Osso, which is my bad Italian accent. Um, oh. And that, that's stocked by, the, I think that's all um, just a little, it's a little swipey lip and cheek stain, which is really, really lovely and okay. really um but yeah I just have one of everything now yeah that's 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 a good way yeah yeah that's been quite a rambly route around my makeup (laughs) no I know and I just I was really many personal reasons that I wanted to ask you but I'm sure other people are interested in that as well um and it is a yeah it's a quite tricky journey isn't it but 
I'm fully behind you making your own makeup range. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited about beetroot and arrowroot. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get into the apothecary and start mixing some, some mm-hmm. things up. I think arrowroot, um, it is arrowroot. I'm just doubting myself. Yeah, it's arrowroot. The really fine white powder in it. Um, it helps things to like stay on your skin. I think that's why yeah. that's in there. Yeah. And the beetroot's just great for colouring. It's amazing. So you use beetroot powder? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. We'll have to start experimenting. I follow somebody on Instagram who actually won one of the competitions that I ran a while ago and she has her Instagram is called The Natural Kitchen mm. and she's masters at the moment. It's all around natural dyes and she just makes the most beautiful fabrics. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Avocado stones and avocado skins yeah, and rose petals. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I just keep thinking, gosh, is there a way of making makeup out of all of this? Because it mm. just looks gorgeous. There are and so again, many natural colours from, you know, foods and things. Exactly. It's just how you exactly. get it to stay on your skin and how you get it to look right, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the trick. And so maybe in my next, in my new job, I can start experimenting with some strange natural, natural makeups and hope that, that nobody thinks I'm too mad when I've got lots of, <laughs> lots of strange colours, vegetable colours on my face. Yeah, like some, some spinach. Just <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's spinach eyebrows, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think it's time to come round to our final question, unless there's anything burning that you really wanted to say. No, I think we've we've covered all the things, including spinach eyebrows, which exactly. I didn't ever talk about. I so, mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really a bonus. Um, <laughs> all right, so the final question then that I ask everybody is the two-part question, and it is, in your ideal vision of um, the future, what changes would you like to see people having made towards a more purposeful and holistic life? And then the second part of that is, what small changes can people make right now if they want to move in that direction? Okay, so we had a, a brief chat, didn't we, before we started the podcast, and I was saying that I think Ellen has just got the most incredible ability to set these such thought-provoking questions that I, I think about for weeks and weeks. <laughs> but this point, so I've tried to to narrow my thoughts down on this, and I think thinking back to my personal experience, I think the thing that the change that I would like to see people make is is to let go, and Oof. that. <laughs> that can mean so many different things. I, I listened to a book recently called Letting Go, mm. which is a really, really incredible, incredible audio book. And the thing that I don't really know what held me back from setting up this business for such a long time. It wasn't that I was scared of failing or that I didn't think I could do it because deep down I knew all of those things. But there was something that I had to let go of before I got started and rather than saying that people should think about this or they should do that, I think I think it's about letting go and then about allowing yourself to get in touch with what really matters to you. So part of that process of letting go is getting to know yourself and know what you want and know what matters to you and what you like and don't like, and then start creating the life that reflects all of those things. I think I think that's the thing that will lead all of us to a more holistic, happy, purposeful life because you're in touch with with what it is that you would want to you'd want to be experiencing. So that's the thing I'd want people to do. And then I guess the or the change that I'd like to see. Mm. And I think in terms of the thing to do today, the thing I wrote down is just start. <laughs> so there's <laughs> the let go point and then there's the starting point. And that looks different for all of us. And I suppose it's, you know, whatever you you come to when you think about, you know, I'm letting go and I know myself in this way. So what do I want to do? Whether you need to write down what the components of, of this ideal life that you might want to live are or whether you want to set up your own business, do a single thing today just to make that dream a little bit closer um, we talked at the very beginning about this slow growth and slow development of, of a business or, I don't know, an idea or a mm. lifestyle. And I think it can often be really easy to say, well, I'm not doing enough and mm. I'm only doing the whole thing. But I think every day or every other day or maybe every week, if you don't have that much time to give to something, 
if you do a small thing, then you find yourself looking back in a couple of years and you think, gosh, I've achieved so much and mm-hmm. I've achieved something were possible. So I think, I think I'd be really keen for people to stop. As we, we talked about before, don't compare yourself. Free yourself up from all of these um, all of these negative things that lurk inside of us, all of those programs that we run all the time and, and just start doing the thing instead of questioning yourself and holding yourself back and stopping. Those would be my things. <laughs> wow, that was brilliant. <laughs> that was really beautiful. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what a brilliant way to end. Um, so let people know where they can find you online if they want to look you up or if they want to go and buy this amazing super cleanser. Where you can find us always just at the Noble Apothecary. So on Instagram, Noble Apothecary online, we're the nobleapothecary.co.uk and .com. We're very occasionally on Twitter, although that's that's one of the things I seldom tilt towards. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm best found best found on Instagram. Fab. And I'll link to those places in the show notes for people. Thank you so, so much, Rachel. It's been really lovely chatting to you today. Thank you. And you too. Thanks so much for having me on. For change. And if you are enjoying the podcast, remember to subscribe so that you can find out when there is a new episode straight away. Get it straight to your phone or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And I would love it so much if you would leave a rating or a review or both wherever you listen to your podcast if you are enjoying the show. And if you would share it with your friends, family, strangers you meet on the bus that would be great it's a huge help and helps other people to find the show you can find all the show notes at being-change.com where you find links to all the resources mentioned in the episode as well thank you very much and i'll see you next time